your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are a daily podcast for all things Columbus Blue Jackets. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Today, we're going to be breaking down the game against Chicago uh, as much as we can break a game like that down. Uh, And we're also going to look ahead to the Dallas Stars. And then, just at the end, I've got uh, something not quite Columbus Blue Jackets related well not Columbus Blue Jackets related at all but I'm very excited about it it's something I've been working on for a while now so I'm excited to share it with you all but first we have to talk about Sunday's game well we don't have to but we probably should um 3-1 loss to Chicago Blackhawks um there's not really a lot to say about it I'm not gonna lie um it was the first game all season, well, the first game so far this season that we've lost after allowing the first goal, which is a weird stat, but um, Chicago won this game off the back of two miscues by Elvis Moslikens. Um and I hate to be like, oh, well, if you take those out of the game, then it's a 1-1 game, but... It, it is incredibly frustrating. Um, so the first period kind of is a better first period than the last game we played, which was just awful from start to finish. Uh, Chicago opens the scoring. Um, it's an odd man rush. Every single time one of our defensemen just kind of flops on the ground and waves their stick at the puck on an odd man rush, the team owes me $10. Um, because it happens every single goddamn game and it drives me up the wall um i know that it's something that they're told to do by the coach or whatever but like and that one this one was especially kind of egregious i thought because it's supposed to take away the passing lane and so i can see what i like if if there's an odd man rush you take away the passing lane and then they shoot and score then that's kind of one thing if they, you try and take away the passing lane, and they still somehow manage to get it across the kind of the crease to the other guy, and they score. Then that I feel like is something else, um, and it just drives me crazy when I see them just going belly down on the ice and waving their stick around, hoping that they can kind of get in the way. Um, and this time they extremely did not. One nothing Chicago. Uh, Philip Kurashev, who. I believe, is brand new to the NHL. So, you know, he seems to be doing okay for himself. Um, Five or so minutes later, Boone Jenner doing Boone Jenner things. Um, It was an incredibly kind of Boone Jenner goal. Um, It was, you know, crashing the net and somehow the puck went in and just all the all the kind of things that I've been seeing from Boone Jenner that I've liked so far this season. Jack Roslovic got his first point as a Blue Jacket, which is exciting for the entire state of Ohio, I imagine. Um, he's looked really good so far. Um, 
I know that his fancy stats aren't great, but I think he's kind of fitting in well. Um, he's adding a little bit of depth to the centre position. Like I said uh, a couple episodes ago, I think we have two guys on each line that can, um, well, that can ostensibly take face-offs. We're going to get into face-offs in a little bit, but um, I like I like what Jack Russellvik is bringing, bringing to the team. Uh, and then after that, it's basically a non-starter for both teams, um, right up until kind of seven minutes into the third period, Elvis Malikins comes out of the net to kind of play the puck behind the, um, goal line, passes it straight to, uh, Pierce Suter, he of the great name, uh, and he just banks it in off, off the back of Elvis, which is frustrating, but, you know, it happens. Um, I don't think, you know, one mistake is going to sink this entire team's goaltending. Um, however, literally six minutes later, he does the same thing. Um, passes it. Well, he tries to clear the puck, kind of whiffs on it a little bit, and then realises what he's done, but he doesn't get back in time, and uh, Patrick Kane scores banking the puck off of him so again if you take those two go- if you take those two goals by Chicago out of it it was a, re- a pretty even game but it just wasn't it was it was a rough kind of third period um again like just inconsistent that's that's the word for the Blue Jacks this season I think is inconsistent they are once again playing to the level of their opponent which might work in their favor um coming up against Dallas which again we'll get into in just a minute, um, but apart from, like, there's not really, I don't know what else you can say about this loss, like, Muslikins made 33 of 36 saves, I believe, um, which is, you know, it should be enough to, to guarantee you the win, um, power play continues to be bad, penalty kill continues to be decent, um, and that's that's about that's about all there is. I don't really have any kind of hard hitting analysis for this game beyond um this is kind of the first time really that I've noticed that we've been properly burned by Elvis's kind of high risk, high reward uh handling of the puck. Um because he is good at it. You know, nine times out of ten, knock on wood. Um and it does make a difference, but on those occasions like this game where it doesn't work you know again high risk high reward um last last game was high risk and it didn't pay out so I hope that this doesn't result in him playing a more conservative style next game because I don't think it suits him uh and I don't think um it'll it'll serve the team as well as his current style um those two goals kind of aside uh coming up in just a minute uh we are going to look ahead to the Dallas Stars game tonight uh look at how that team's doing kind of how I think the matchup is gonna go but first let me tell you about rockauto.com with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars it's basically impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront you got to go in and endure pointless intimidating questioning you gotta wait 
while he or while the cameraman orders the parts on his computer he wants he's going to choose the brand his warehouse carries he's going to choose the brand the price everything uh that gets him the most commission you've got to then go home and wait and then come back get the part fitted it's a whole procedure um instead you can stay home uh where you have a computer that has access to rockauto.com rockauto.com is a family business they've been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com and you can find auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers everything from engine control modules brake parts uh tail lamps motor oil even things like new carpet if you can put it on or in your car or truck then rockauto.com can get you it uh the catalog's unique it's really easy to navigate you can scroll uh basically at the speed of light i imagine um to see all the parts available for your vehicle choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer and uh, best of all those prices are always reliably low at rockauto.com and the same no matter if you are a professional or a diyer so why would you spend up to twice as much as for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure you write locked on in there how did you hear about this box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we're covering everything you need to know about the Columbus Blue Jackets, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So we must, unfortunately, acknowledge the existence of the Dallas Stars, which I'm sure you know if you're a regular listener uh is not my favorite thing um it is an unexplainable lifelong hatred of this team um but we have to play them eight times this season so we might as well make the most of it um Dallas has been annoyingly good so far this season um better than I thought a lot of people thought they would be obviously they'd be missing Ben Bishop they're missing uh Tyler Sagan um, and I feel like they've had quite a few different injuries as well. Um, and somehow they've come out of all of this with a four-one-one record so far, despite kind of having to delay their season opening because like sixteen guys got COVID during training camp. Um, I do think a lot of the success is kind of based on the fact that they somehow managed to put like eight power play goals in two games past Nashville and then played they played Detroit twice uh which you know is going to is going to boost everyone's stats um I realize I say this as someone who covers a team that lost to Detroit like six games ago but that's beside the point um they're currently rolling at a 37% power play which is bonkers. Um, that's just voodoo, wizardry, bananas, power play numbers. Um, I imagine that will start to regress uh, because they cannot keep scoring five power play goals in one game. Um, meanwhile, we're kind of hovering at about 27th in the league. It's 11.5%. Uh, we've scored three goals on the season so far which is honestly more than I thought we would um I don't know if the power play will come into effect tonight 
I imagine not, just because I've learnt to just assume that the power play is going to be bad, and then if it's not, then I am pleasantly surprised, and if it is bad, then I am right, and therefore can be smug. Um, I don't know how the power play will, their power play will match up against our penalty kill. Uh, I like to think we'll do okay. Uh, we're currently fifth in the league at 86.4. Um, their power, their penalty kill is 15th. Um, so I imagine if anyone's scoring a power play goal, it's going to be them. But we'll see. Uh, we're both equally terrible at face-offs, which is, I guess, kind of another uh, immovable object, unstoppable force thing. Like, someone's going to have to win these face-offs. Why not us? Um, and in terms of, like, players to watch... Um, I went and looked up, like, their leading scorers and whatnot, um, and as we all predicted, their leading scorer is, of course, Joe Pavelski, because who else would it be um, on that team? Uh, Mira Heiskinen is second, I think, which is less surprising, but yeah, I fully was not expecting, um, like, 36-year-old Joe Pavelski to be leading this team. Uh, he's got five goals and five assists in six games, which is, you know, good for him. Um, but he's something that he's someone that you're going to want to keep an eye on because apparently he is red hot right now. Um, goaltending is a pretty even matchup. Uh, so if we can score some goals, then you know we might be we might be okay. Um, but that seems unlikely considering we're currently 28th in the league for goals scored. Uh, whereas Dallas is second, um, so it is really kind of gonna it's gonna come down to goaltending. Um, I imagine Corpusalo will start because again we seem to be rotating, which is good. Um, I assume they will start Hudobin, who's been pretty good this thus so far. Um, he's got a goals allowed against average of two point one seven. He's got a save percentage of point uh, nine two two. You know he's he's had a decent a decent start to the season. Um, he was really good in the playoffs last season, um, which I think surprised everyone. And I, again, you know, kind of assumed it would regress to the mean this season, but he seems to be, he seems to be doing pretty well for himself. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of that matchup. Uh, Kupsalo has, has been, you know, our, our best player so far. He's got a 936 save percentage over five games, uh, so far, uh, and again, he was he was really good uh, in the first game against Chicago. Uh, I think again, he had like thirty one of thirty two saves. Uh, he made nineteen saves in the second period alone, which is bananas. Um, so it'll be. I, I think on paper it looks like Dallas is a better team. I think most of the Blue Jackets have been underperforming to you know at this point in the season. None of the guys that you want to be scoring are scoring for the most part. Um, but I think guys, are kind of, it's it's coming along slowly. And, you know, again, I've talked about the Blue Jackets play to the level of their opponent, which might work in their favor because if they, you know, they, they played at the level of Tampa Bay and they beat them 5-2. Um, they played to the level of Chicago lost 3-1, and then somehow pulled out a 2-1 lead despite playing the worst game I've seen so far this season. So if they can play to Dallas's level, I think 
it could it could work out really well for us so we'll we'll see i still think dallas will probably take this first game um and i think it'll probably be i'm gonna say a 5-3 win for dallas you know it's it's a it is the matchup i have been looking forward to least just because it is it is the stars and they are my nemeses and whatnot uh coming up in a minute i have got something uh exciting to share with you but first i've got to talk about bet online so the super bowl is coming up uh Tom Brady is probably going to do something cool. Um, you should put some money on that. And the place you should put some money on that is betonline.ag. It's the only place that has you covered, and it's the only place that we trust. Uh, if you sign up today for a free account, betonline.ag, you can use promo code LOCKEDON, or one word, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you want to put some money on uh, the Stars winning 5-3 tonight, then you can do that. If you want to guess who opens the scoring you can do that as well um if you have something that you would like to bet bet online almost definitely will let you do that so don't sit on the bench anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, as we all know, well, maybe we don't all know, as as I'm sure many of you know, it is LGBT History Month this month, uh, so I... Spent most of January um, talking to LGBT hockey players and the like to write a series of articles. Um, and the first one went up yesterday. Uh, it's actually with Curtis Gabriel of the San Jose Barracuda slash San Jose Sharks. Um, and I thought I would uh, share a little bit of it with you because I'm really proud of how this uh, how this went. So... I will I will just get right into it. So today I just wanted to talk about like how how you got involved in activism and like what it means to you to kind of push this like LGBT equality etc in a league where you know famously it's not hugely kind of tolerant should we say? Yeah. yeah. Um so I just wanted to kind of start off with like, what was your, did you have any experience with, like, LGBT people growing up or, like, when you were playing junior hockey or? Yeah, so it's it's all started, uh, I, I was the product of the system, as Brock McGillis, uh, kind of my mentor with this stuff, says. I was I was just as conditioned as every other hockey player. I used uh, homophobic language without thinking about it. Uh, I was raised, you know, um, very, treat people the same and everybody's equal. And I, I never... I, when I saw, you know, people of LGBT community that were out, I didn't think anything of it, but it was the language to say, and I, I was just a product of that. So um, sucks that I was, I, I wasn't educated on it. I almost had, uh, as I'm learning with Black Lives Matter, I had basically homophobia, like fragility. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't recognize it. Um, so really what took me out of that and gave me a jump start was I was dating my ex-girlfriend at the time. And, uh, <clears throat> she had two friends that worked at a store with her a retail store and one was out and recently had an end of a relationship and 
uh, my girlfriend's original friend had never dated anyone of either sex and they she kind of remember I remember she like oh I think they're dating behind my back and I don't know about it and ended up dating these two girls and it was really sweet and um you know especially the girl she didn't know like she kind of was very shy to anything with dating and then she just loved the person so I thought that was really well was really sweet and um she had a wealthy family and they stopped supporting her when they found out about it and I just was just like what like I'm they couldn't wouldn't financially support her and I just couldn't believe that so she had to move in with the girlfriend pretty quick and I think they I, I obviously I'm with, not with my ex anymore but um I saw them go through some tough times with that and we'd come over and they'd walk the dogs together and um I never talked about it directly but it was through my ex that yeah she was unfinancially supported so that was the first time I was like wow that's that's crazy because she's the sweetest person in the world why would she be treated any differently for that um <clears throat> and then just serendipitously um I was in the minors most of that year uh the following year and then I got called up to New Jersey and they had a pride night in February and just so happens I was up for that night and um I remember they came in before the game. And they said, "Hey, we got the pride tape here. You can put it on your blade of your stick and then take it off after warm up. Just wear it for warm up." And I was super dialed in, trying to make stay in the NHL. I was playing well at the time. We were playing the Montreal Canadiens. It was going to be a broadcast game back home. I was all pumped, and um, I just put it on the shaft of my stick, right below where I hold my stick, because I didn't want to mess with my black tape on the bottom. You know, whatever. I'm not superstitious, but I was like, just keep it the same, because I scored the game before my first NHL goal. So uh, I go out for warm up. I have a warm up. Come back in. Everybody's taking the tape off, and it was just—it really was. Uh, that's what I stress when I do this work. It's—it's it's not a lot of effort to make a, you know a very obvious thing to make people more accepted. So I just looked at my stick, and it was more effort to take the tape off the shaft of my stick, which could just stay there. It's not bothering me, my play whatsoever. But also maybe somebody's going to notice it. And I think that was from witnessing that happening with my ex's friends. So uh, obviously from there, it took off when I scored that goal you know, biggest moment of my career. Cause it, the first one kind of was like a week one. This one was like a real cool role to score and scoring carry price. And then all the outpouring of support, my phone was blowing up half for scoring the goal and half for wearing the pride tape on my stick. Yeah. So those two are kind of intertwined in, in kind of your experience in the NHL. Uh, so was, was that kind of the moment that sparked something that you were like, okay, I, I can be a voice here. I can do something in this league. I can like, speak out yeah absolutely I just uh I found out real quick uh, I didn't really I mean I again I was just naive I wasn't it's just like well, how again I related to Black Lives Matter people think oh I'm not racist oh I'm not homophobic well you still might think some things you still need to like work on yourself so I was one of those people and I had to wake up to that so I was like okay now that I'm aware what am I going to do about it now that I'm aware we're not going to shy away from it so I found out pretty quick that yeah we are the most homophobic major sport uh only Brock McGillis is the only like former professional athlete I guess to be out and doing what he's doing so um pretty quickly I was uh, the outpouring support was crazy so I, I just felt so accepted by everyone and um I was like oh, it makes sense why you guys are the most accepting community you know how what it feels like to be so judged and um right away I felt at home and people were never too hard on me when I made slight little mistakes and stuff at the beginning I guess and uh, all the most of the most of it was positive uh, feedback and I just thought that if it meant that much why don't I keep doing it um Jeff Jeff McLean from Pride Tape made it clear I was always gonna have Pride Tape available to me so I said as long as you get me it I'll wear it on my stick all the time you know get me enough I'll have it on every stick I'll stick handle off the ice have it on that stick have it on my game sticks in the summer I wear it so uh yeah it just it just made sense to keep going why would I stop if, if so many people appreciated it and I've always been someone obviously with the role I play I stand up for my teammates I've always been the type of person to you know I was one of the jocks at high school, but if somebody was like being mean to someone or bully, I'd be like, Hey, like 
that's not cool. I'm not going to go fight someone I'm not like a hothead off the ice, but I was like, stop doing that. Like, just be nice. So I just kind of translated to hockey organically and now it's translated to activism organically. Was there like a moment when you realized that the sport could be doing more? Yeah, I think the two, I think there's two things. It was how much nobody wanted to talk about it when I started doing it on Jersey. I mean, I did it for the rest of that season. I think there was two months left, you know? So no, I didn't, the only person who actually brought it up to me, I believe, was one of the Russians on my team. And as we know, Europe's quite far behind on a lot of these issues. And he was kind of like, what are you doing? And I was like, why not? He's like, okay. And that was it. Like, I don't think I got it acknowledged behind, you know, besides anyone else, maybe like a trainer or one of the equipment guys that I knew really well was like, this is cool. But other than that, it was just the lack of discussion about it, one. And then the second part where I was like, it's not doing enough was getting to know Brock. Um, which, you know, Brock actually reached out. It's funny. I wasn't really ready. I was a little intimidated by Brock. He was so hardcore into doing this and he was so educated. It kind of freaked me out a bit. So he reached out initially with the pride tape, but I didn't reconnect with Brock hardcore until maybe halfway through quarantine. Uh, so quite a time later, but I needed that time to kind of catch up and be able to like hold my own in a conversation about it. And I think that is a part of it. You have to do the work on it. Um, but him, him educating me on it and his own story going through the OHL, uh, and hearing it, you know, word for word from him and, and sitting in on calls of him talking to uh, hockey teams about it, that, that really what opened it up that how, wow, it's, this is not good enough for sure. I want to talk a little bit about like what it means to you to be a visible ally, like to people kind of reaching out to you and saying, thank you for supporting. I know for me, it means a lot when like, I see you tweet trans lives matter and what, what does it mean to you to have that kind of role in people's lives? Like, It's honestly amazing. Like I'm a people pleaser. Like my mom's always told me that, you know, coaches, I always responded to the coaches that were like on me and Hey, I need this from you. Like we need this for the team. Not like you're, you know, not a hard, co- I'm that kind of guy. So I love being part of a group. I love for part of working towards something and it just doesn't sit right with me. I know my role now to, to, you know, amplify things but also coming from the people that they think that allies need to really take the torch and start to change things. Like, you know, you guys can only say so much. We need the people that are the majority outside of these communities really talking about it more. So I'm trying to be like a, I don't know, like a guinea pig kind of, I'm basically just like the out ally that's just showing how I'm figuring it out on the fly. Uh, But it means a ton to me. I mean, I think that's what people don't realize about like, I finally realized about life, like it's just people helping people and you do good things and good things come back your way. And it's a big happy circle. Like, I don't know what's wrong with like, there's nothing wrong with saying that I get something out of doing this too. It brings a lot of love in my life. You people are amazing people. Um, I don't see a downside, do good things. Good people are going to treat you well, goes back and forth. We help each other out. That's, that's what it's all about for me. So I, I love doing this. Uh, I will have more articles going up at Sports Media LGBT Plus uh, over throughout the month of February. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, then give them a follow at Sports Media LGBT. Uh, you can follow me at Jay the Goalie if you uh, would like to go straight to the source, as it were. Um, as always, you can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, tomorrow. We will break down the Stars game, uh, hopefully break down the win. If not, I will probably just end up yelling about uh, how our defence is bad this season again. Um, and then on Thursday, we'll be doing a mailbag episode. So if you have co- if you have questions for that, then uh, email me at lockedonbluejacket at gmail.com. And uh, I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>